this. It's a, uh, it's something that'll change the world and human life as we know it. He knows. He's seen the light. When Monty talks, it's painful. <laughs> Monty, you have been so instrumental in uh, kind of pointing me in the right direction. <laughs> it was about um, looking at your character defects and spirituality. Uh, it, it's the integration of clinical practices with uh, the 12 steps. It's an absolute pleasure. He certainly knows a lot of people. Uh, he's got a lot of energy. And sometimes when you don't have so much energy, he picks you up and carries you. And the Monty man there certainly helps. This is one of the places that is about the business of the solution. Views expressed on this special broadcast of the Take 12 radio show do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. KHLT is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Now here's that guy who's getting less popular minute by minute, your host, The Multiman. Well, greetings, family, and welcome to another special edited edition of The Promises Associated with the 12 Steps. This week, the promises of step 11. Before we get into that, though, I just want to encourage you. You can now listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us on Apple Podcast, And you can listen to us on iHeartRadio as well. For any of those, just go to their websites and search for Take 12 Recovery Radio. Also, YouTube, Podomatic, and others. WordPress, go to Take12Radio.com and click on any of those icons. All right, without further ado, here's my sponsor, Bruce H., Marv R., and myself on the promises associated with Step 11. The promises associated with uh, Step 11. I'm going to read through these really quick, and then we'll go back and and talk about them. Uh, Number one, it works. (laughs) It's, it just does. Uh, number two, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. Number three, our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. Uh, number four, we are often surprised how the right answers come. Number five, we used to be uh, we used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually be, becomes. What used, I'm sorry, I'm saying it again. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Uh, number six, our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. Number seven, we are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. Number eight, we become much more efficient. Number nine, we do not tire so easily. And number ten, it works. It really does. These are the promises associated with Step 11 in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, third edition. Uh, so let's go back. Uh, step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. Why does it ever? So if you're at this step and you've actually been, been applying and implementing these principles in the steps 1 through 10, and you're at this step and you're not willing to Engage in prayer and meditation. Maybe step one is in order, right, Bruce? Mm. Yeah, and I think that you would have had some experience with the prayers by now, because there's prayers in each step. Yeah, that you would you would have uh, uh, been able to uh, to meditate. You know, 
Why are people afraid of that word meditate? Marv, you got any ideas? Or or maybe not afraid is the word, maybe confused? Because isn't it kind well, of, we kind of understand prayer. Even the person who doesn't believe in God kind of understands that. What do you think? Uh, I think confusion is probably the right word. Probably the right word, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Why is that? Because lack of understanding? Well, um, I, let's just jump ahead to the end of that statement. Yeah. If we have the proper attitude and work at it, okay, what does that mean? What what proper attitude um, should should it be? One towards and God. The, well, wait a minute. The reason I'm asking or saying something about this is um, if med if meditate in even prayer for those whose life has not ever been around you know been around it yeah can be really confusing. That's true. Is there a right way? Is there a wrong way? And then when you insert um, uh, the the part that says, if we have the proper attitude, what does that mean? What's what's the proper attitude? Uh, and the reason I, I'm kind of bringing this up is because where most of us have come from, Right there, just from where we've come from, is more confusion than we could live with. Mm. Otherwise, why would we even be in AA or why would we believe in a higher power or something? Sure. And so when you're that uh, in that frame of mind and, and coming at this and looking at it, even today, as long as I've been... <clears throat> A Christian, I still get confused about um, method. Hmm. I still get confused because my attitude sometimes is a little bit gnarly. Can your yeah? Our attitudes can kind of dictate how we pray and meditate, can't they? We can be selfish, or we can be demanding, well, or we can be humble, depending on. Our attitude. Uh, I think uh, for me, what it is is um, um, so many years of being filled with the um, BS stuff that's not true about me personally or about life or whatever, and then you come to this place where God is love. God is unconditional love. How does somebody like me conceive that? Mm -hmm. Well, I have a hard, have had, not so much anymore, but have had a very hard time because am I meditating right? Yeah. Am I doing it? Am I doing this? Am I pleasing to God? Is God really hearing my prayers? Is I'm God really hearing me? Yeah. Because I have doubt about unconditional love. I have no concept of that. So it, it's, just, it's just not easy. And so when you say about my attitude, when I, and I do these things, I pray, mm -hmm. I meditate, but there is always some sort of confusion with it 
because um, God hasn't seen fit to gift me with this all-knowing that he loves me unconditionally. So you're still experiencing a human condition in the midst of your spiritual walk. Yeah. But uh, I'm like a bulldog. I'm not going to let go. (laughs) But it is a struggle. Well, it's interesting here because let's read on on page 86 uh, where it does say if we have the proper attitude and work for it, um, it would be easy, it says, to be vague about this matter, yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. Um, And this is really, again, this is a form of of an inventory or an honest self-assessment. Uh, it says, when we retire at night, we construct, and I think this is so important, it says we constructively review our day. So we're about to look at some things that we tend to look at as destructive. So he's warning us, he's, he's telling us, let's do this in a constructive manner. Let's be uh, have constructive criticism of who we are. Uh, not tear ourselves apart. Um, and, and right there is suggesting that we have a proper attitude before we even look at these things. So we need to constructively do that. Uh, uh, where, uh, we, where we were resentful, selfish, dishonest, afraid. Do we owe an apology? Have we kept something to ourselves, which should be discussed with another person at once? Were we kind and loving toward all? Uh, uh, what could we have done better? Where, um, let's see, uh, were we thinking of ourselves most of the time? Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time? Or were we thinking of what we could do for others, of what we could pack into the stream of life? Now, our, my tendency is to to review my day and and think that I'm supposed to say to myself, yeah, I was a scumbucket. Uh, where was I resentful? Here, here, and here. Where was I selfish? Here, here, and here. Have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? Yeah, I kept something to myself. You know, But, you know, there are other answers to this. Sometimes the answers are, yeah, I did do that right. Yes. Uh, I, I wasn't resentful today. I mean, this, this is an honest self-assessment. We can answer these many times with, no, I wasn't selfish today. But we think sometimes that we have to, to be humble, we have to be very critical of ourselves and yet it says we constructively review this so i think that uh being in the proper attitude is not always about just being willing to see where i am a bad guy sometimes through the power of god i've done things right bruce you care to comment yeah i think that what you're reading is 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 uh important and i think that the last two lines of that is where the uh the emphasis for me is that you know you you're learning to take this review of yourself where you can go to God. You know what I mean? And I think the last two lines of that you go to him and ask him for forgiveness and correcting majors what you can do. See? Right, you just don't leave it at that. You just don't say, Well, I kinda messed up here, here, here and well I'll go on tomorrow. Yeah. Well, that's why I say we're learning yeah. to use that. Yeah. And I I I think Marv is, is on to something here when he, he's talking about the attitude. I think that's a vitally important thing. And one of the most wonderful things that ever took place in my life was this thing about it didn't matter where we was at. You know, 
that we could begin from there. And it doesn't matter where you're at here. If you're honest about it and open, it doesn't matter if you still have that fire behind you of alcoholism. Right. Pushing you and forcing you to go forward. Or you've got this uh, uh, understanding, this God consciousness, and you're trying to build upon it uh, because of... uh, your need for him in your life and you see the wonderment of who he is. And it's all about that step one either way. You know what I mean? Right, right. So right. with the, if you go into it with that right kind of attitude, I think it's okay. It doesn't matter. You see what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you're willing to to pursue that and, and work at that, uh, it says a proper attitude, but I think that attitude is... Uh, be honest about it. You know what I mean? And and Marv is sitting here talking about there's times he don't want to do that. Right. Yeah, me either. You know, yeah. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we all have that struggle, you see. Isn't it cool? I think this is so cool um, that the retiring at night ends up, like you said, after making our review, we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taken is twofold. We just don't ask him to forgive us for being a butthead, but we ask him, all right, you know, show us what we can do to, to change this, mm-hmm. to correct this. And then on awakening, we immediately include God. I mean, right away. It says, on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. Uh, our, our buddy Mike says, before he gets up, he gets down, you know. He talks about putting, and other people have said this too, about putting his shoes under the bed, you know, getting having to get down on your knees before you ever really do anything else. And he gets it. That's what they're saying here, that it's a matter of priority. So upon awakening, let's think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day before we begin. Before we begin what? Before we begin our plans for the day, we ask God to direct our thinking. I love that. So before I even, I'm going to, I'm going to consider my plans for the day, but I'm going to ask God to direct my thinking in that because my plans for the day end up being my plans and I have a tendency to forget about what God may want. So it's asking me to do that right away. Um, and, th- and then it says something, you guys, I can't do without God's power. Um, especially asking that it be divorced, what be divorced, my thinking be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. I can't do that without God. I fall into self-seeking motives almost default to it. You know, and, and I don't mean mean, terrible things, but I'm just saying, you know, you know, I, I got to do this first. I got to do that first. I got I got to check my email. I got to, you know, before I even start talking to God, I kind of go there. I get up. I go to the bathroom. I take a shower. I check my email. I, I I make breakfast. I where did God where God, where'd God go? <laughs> and then and then if I have time, I'll sit down and open my Bible. And you know what I mean. Um, I, I kind of default to that. I think that's uh, absolute truth. If I'm not trusting God, who am I trusting? I default to self. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's part of the human condition. I don't think we need to beat ourselves up over it. I just think we need to recognize it. And then, you know, we God's helping to direct our thinking and, and, and change those things. As we grow in our faith and we live Slowly. by faith. Slowly. 
If Maybe you wa- your- if you want to move cattle fast, go slow. <laughs> oh wow! And I think that's <laughs> wow, the way that this- is really cool. I love I- that. I think that's the way all this works mm-hmm. um, because it, man alive, it it. Uh, uh, I want the things that you just read about now, right? I want it now <laughs> because um, <clears throat> I just have this mental storm going on all the time, and and I try and I try and I try. It's I keep thinking there's something wrong with me. Why can't I just accept it for what it is? You know, <laughs> and 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 I know there's a lot of people out there. The same way. It's yeah. got to be. Sure. So <clears throat> um, uh, the bottom line for me is I'm just not going to let go. I'm just not. I've, I've got to. God is a solution. Jesus Christ is a solution. And no matter what's going on between my ears at any point in time, I am not going to let go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, life, yeah. life beats us up severely, but uh, in in the end, God's a winner, and and that's pretty. I mean, I got to hang my hat on that. See, I, mean, I I call that living by faith. I think that's what that's holding it, on and not letting go. Yeah. I I watched. Uh, I took I took my wife to go see the Avengers, the new Avengers movie. For Mother's Day. I'm not sure if I took her to go see it or I took me to go see it. Uh, <laughs> she would say that anyway. After Superman being yeah, the yeah. entrance to this, I think you, you But did. there was so many scenes where, because what you just said brought that to mind, where the superheroes were hanging on to a falling building or a jet plane or something that was going way faster than what would be humanly possible to even grasp. And they're not letting go. They're holding on, and they're uh, no thought of what harm could come to them. They are not letting go of that thing. And and I think we're not superheroes, but but we are super saints because we got we got God, we got the spirit of the living God living in us that gives us the ability to hold on. And you know that phrase in the readings in AA: "We are not saints." You know the, the meaning behind that means that we're not perfect. You know, right. but biblically, we are saints. We're, we're the saints of God. I mean, that's bi- uh, biblical truth. Um, but that is not to 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 downplay that statement. We are not saints. They're just saying that we're not perfect because it's spiritual progress, like you say all the time, Marv. Not spiritual perfection, but the ability to hang on. Man, I need God to, to do that. I need you know his, his super strength to do it. I just can't do it because because even when I want to. With all my heart, soul, and spirit, I can't. It's just, it's just, it's something beyond my ability. So uh, at step eleven, we're talking about God a lot here. That's what it's about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it says under these conditions. <laughs> so for those of you who say, you know, if I'd heard about God in the meetings when I first came in, I would have left. Well, you didn't leave. You stayed because I guarantee you, you heard about him. Even in the most watered-down fellowship meetings, you're going to hear about God. I guarantee you, in some way, uh, you're going to. And you hung out, and you hung around anyway. Amazing. So, so under these conditions, 
we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. For after all, God gave us brains to use. So we're not stupid. You know, we may do stupid things, but, you know, God gave us these abilities. Um, but it, it, I, just, I, I think it's interesting. It says, under these conditions. What conditions? Trusting God. Under the conditions of prayer and meditation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would suggest that without active prayer life, without active meditation life, that it's very difficult to employ our mental faculties with assurance. Because it's conditional here. We can do this under these conditions. So I would suggest that if we're not under these conditions, it's a lot more difficult. Well, if I'm right, I think that we're trying to grow, and they're calling it God consciousness in the book. Right. And just before that, it talks about, you know, that uh, it says to some extent we have become God conscious, and now we're growing in that God consciousness. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. So when is it put on a much higher plane? When our <laughs> wrong motives. I'm like, Marv, I got all this other stuff going on. <laughs> when is it going to get cleared? I mean, we got some words in here that bother me. <laughs> well, I think it's well, I, I think it's a progressive thing that happens daily. It's get, yeah, it's... Yeah. As much as I whine and complain about my condition, actually, this part of the thing, I can, from time to time, it's working. Mm-hmm. It really is working. See, and it's because of that, that that we continue to go forward now instead of the alcoholism, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the change. I, yeah. Isn't it interesting here at SEP 11? I mean, I'm really noticing now more than ever they we're not even we're not even talking about alcohol anymore, mm-hmm. or, or narcotics, or pornography, or whatever it is. We're talking about a whole different ball game here. Well, we're in the solution. Yeah, yeah, and we're and we're we're trying to put your mic over there, but we're trying to grow with that. Yeah, you know. Um, trying be the key word. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you could do what my smart Alex sponsored had me do. He said, Monty, put your hand down on the table. So I put my hand down on the table. And he said, now try and lift it up. So I lift it up. And he goes, no, no, no. I said, try and lift it up. You know, (laughs) it's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Playing mind games with me. He said, no such thing as try. Either do or you don't. Mm -hmm. He did that to me, though, because I was not doing anything. (laughs) But, but, But you're right. That attempt to move forward and asking God to help us to do that is so important. Um we are often surprised how the right answers come. Are you guys ever surprised how almost intuitively the right answers will come to you now about certain issues? Um, about your day, just for, for instance, whereas before, I mean, you just didn't know which way to go, turn right, left, or you didn't know. Well, I I don't know about the intuitive part with me, I, but I, I'm literally surprised when I get good counseling from fellow believers uh, how the answer comes and how simple it is, and I couldn't see it without that uh, fellowship. Mm. Mm. See, that's where I believe um, God uses people. So <clears throat> let's go back to the beginning of number four. Yeah, in thinking. Yeah. Uh, did you already do that? No. Okay, I didn't think so. 
Um, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. That's me, buddy. Yeah. That's me. Um, and so what I found more often than not, and mm-hmm. we're talking, um, is uh, the asking God for inspiration And I'll tell you what, most of the time, I do nothing. Depending on what it is I'm being indecisive about. And every single time when I do nothing, it works out. Oh, you mean you don't, if you you go and try to turn left or try to turn right, but you don't know, so you ask God for direction. I just quit pushing. Yeah, and then it just kind of happens. And then life happens. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So it's almost like we ask God what to do, and many times he says, just relax. Be still and (laughs) And know that I'm I'm God. (laughs) Calm down. My problem is is I go to God, and then I do what I want to do. (laughs) And you're right. Very often I'm surprised. Well, it says here, too. Isn't that interesting? Because... um, here we ask God, so it's telling us it's a prayer directive. Here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or a decision. And then it says, we relax and take it easy. It's almost like what you were saying. So I just go, okay. <laughs> just not doing it. I'm not, I take it easy, but I'm not too sure I'm relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in my easy chair with my feet up, but man, I am just a mess. <laughs> we don't struggle. Okay, sure. <laughs> Oh man, um, it amazes it amazes me that how God works in spite of ourselves. And here's what you said. Yeah, that's the truth. Uh, we we're often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. So it is it's a practice, isn't it? Yes, you got to keep Definitely. doing it. Don't give up. You know, um, number eight. We used to uh, what used to be a hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Still working on that one. <laughs> um, number six. Nevertheless, we find that our, here's the promise: our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. Inspiration from what? From God. Hope, I was going to say, hopefully, for godly things, for for yeah. glorifying Him. In other words, we're we're trying to build this relationship. And we'll be on a much higher plane because we'll be God-centered, spiritually centered, and working out of that instead of out of this selfish, self-centered, mm-hmm. you know, core. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and then we change from the inside out because remember I talked about beliefs, values, and conduct. It comes from the spiritual part. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And if you don't do that, if you don't work at it like Mark goes I'm Marv. Marv. Marv is always saying, uh, then the, this uh, progress won't take place. You know, this uh, this number seven. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self pity, or foolish decisions. I, I, I foolish decisions. I knew a guy in high school. He's a cell friend today, Tim Ryan. He was one of these guys. It just seemed like his demeanor, his whole attitude about life. Um. I mean, this guy never spoke a harsh word 
about or to anyone. If you try to get him to kind of join you in a gossip thing or maybe put somebody down or something like that, he even had a gracious way of dismissing himself from that discussion without you feeling, well, you didn't, doesn't want to be my buddy. You know what I mean? I mean, he just had, it was almost angelic. This guy just was cut out of that cloth. It was amazing to me. Um, he was not a person of excitement, fear, anger, worry, or self-pity or foolish decisions. He made wise decisions. I mean, it was amazing. This guy amazed me. You know, I want that. But I don't always want to give up my opinions because I am overly opinionated. And, and, and I like that sometimes. And I'm learning that sometimes I need to give some of that stuff up, my rights, right, in trade for wisdom. This guy was a very wise man. Um, I would like more of, I would like more of less of fear and anger and worry and self pity and foolish decisions. I think I've, I'm better than than I was, but I, I would like to be more like my buddy Tim. And I don't think that's going to be accomplished on my own power, if ever. <laughs> Do you guys still, uh, you know, get excited? And I'm not saying in a good way. You know, fearful, angry, worried about stuff. Oh, yeah. You bet. <clears throat> you bet. And, and what do you do when, you, when you're feeling like that? I think that there's a new worry in me that wasn't there before, and that's my walk with God. Yeah. You know, I worry about that, and that wasn't there before so i think that's a good thing but these other things i think that uh is it there. a worry or is it a concern and i and i say the difference is being concerned involves an invoking of, of, of god's participating with you and dealing with it and worry is just doing it on your own no and, i'm i'm not know. resting in god you're I, not resting so yeah, it is worry I, it is worry yeah, yeah this is a, a really a process of uh, and I think it's a daily process. Uh, I never know what's going to take place that day or what's going to be upon me. And, and I just have to rest in the fact that that he knows and he's going to work that for good. Mm -hmm. uh, somehow that's going to work out. But it's there, brother. It's it, it, For me to deny it would be sure. crazy. Would be so, being in denial. <laughs> so this sentence kind of expounds on a little thing. I like to write little things down, mm -hmm. and one of the things uh, that I wrote down was uh, most uh, hellfire and brimstone is self-induced. Oh, and this Ooh. sentence right here brings that out because we do these things. That's when we get ourselves in trouble. Yeah, well, me being a major offender. Yeah, I get that. And so then the hellfire and brimstone, boy, it it lays heavy until it dawns on me, oh, wait a minute, I'm not in control. God is. That's a big oops. <laughs> but, it, but it happens to it, me all the time. Me too. And I think it does everybody. You bet. So... Um, boy, if, if, if anything's a constant, it, a constant... 
attitude or behavior, it's that one. You know, I'm in control. Yeah. I'm the master of my destiny. And we may not say those words, but we act that way. Subconsciously, it's there. Yeah. The fall of man. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I say that a lot, but I've never come at it from the angle of <clears throat> saying that fire and brimstone is self-induced. And I think that's true. I do but too. I've just never looked I never, at it. And I haven't either. Ever, 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 ever. See I, what you bring that, to the show, Mark? Just cowboy logic, that's all. <laughs> well, I mean, I talk about self and, and going back to self and relying upon self, but to self, I'll be darned. One of the things that does, too, for me, it uh, if I come to the point where I get into some sort of uh, trying to get perspective, it makes me realize um, my human condition and how, fa- how far short I really fall. Yeah. And how much then, oh, yeah, I need God. I need him. And these are part of the reasons why right here. <laughs> well, here's here's a really cool one. We become much more efficient. Now, it doesn't say at what, I, because I think it means we become, overall, we become much more efficient. When we are relying upon God, we're, we're in an attitude of prayer and meditation. And we've talked before about being in an attitude of prayer all day. doesn't mean you're praying all day. Um, we do do things more efficiently, don't you think? When we're letting God direct our thinking, don't things just kind of work better? Mm-hmm. We hear people say it in meetings all the time. When I pray and I and, when, and I ask God to to you know direct my thinking, my day goes better. Yeah, there's a directive in the bigger book that uh, we're to pray without ceasing. Right, and that is an attitude of mm-hmm. prayer. Mm-hmm. So, from going from thinking about myself all day long to thinking about. God. He said he'll have no other gods before him. That includes me. (laughs) It includes me. (laughs) Think about that. Man, I'd Mm -hmm. love to erect a statue First of all, we had to to stop playing God. That was the first direction, wasn't it? First directive, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So if we have to stop playing God, then that means we can't can't create a God out of our own understanding, can we? Because then we're God. What is the clay saying to the potter? <laughs> yeah, I don't like the way you're designing me. And you know what's re- you know what's real sucky about that? I, I I'm a piece of clay, and I got sticks and glass and rocks and all sorts of crap in my clay. And God's got me on that potter's wheels of life, and He's picking that stuff out. It hurts. And I forget that he's trying to form me into the image and likeness of his son. And that is painful. But what's the alternative? How free do I want to be? Yeah, now here's there's a question for you. Mm-hmm. God only, yeah, well, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing I was just thinking about, um, and I just read it too. Uh, it's in... Uh, it refers to it, oh, I know, it refers to it in the 32nd Psalm, and then again, James refers to it. 
He says, do not be like the horse or the mule that has to have bit and bridle to go here and mm-hmm. to go there. Mm. Well, when we're in uh, uh, excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions, we have been bitted up, brother. Yeah, ain't that the truth? And we are being moved by what these feelings and emotions tell us to do. Mm. So <clears throat> my point is this, that uh, number eight, we become much more efficient. Why is that? Because we are no longer uh, being pulled here and being pulled there. Wow. Really good. The tail isn't wagging the dog anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or the I, the I horse tail is... Is, yes. is flipping off the flies. That's its job. It's not directing the horse's path, right? <laughs> the tail doesn't direct the horse's path, does it, Marv? No. <laughs> That's funny. We do not tire so easily. Um, and then it goes on to say, that's a promise. It goes on to say, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. I think about... Going after the bag of dope. That was my main thing. The the bottle, making sure I was at the liquor store early in the morning when it opened. I mean, I put so much energy into that. And then when I tried to be sober on my own without God's power, I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to measure up. Are we talking about the physical thing here or the spiritual thing? I think we're talking about both. Hmm. Where I... Um, where I get tired easily, yeah, is mentally, spiritually yeah. exhausted, mentally exhausted, mentally just, exhausted, just, just, yeah, from lack of spirituality. <laughs> <laughs> you betcha. You bet. You bet. And Bruce, I think. I think when you said the spiritual, I think I was trying to run around and make my spiritual outcome, um, you know, blossom or whatever, based on my fulfilling certain things like medicating and buying goodies and things like that. So I was trying to 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 grow in the spiritual by doing these physical things that mm-hmm. didn't amount to a hill of beans. Um, go, yeah, see, depending I, on my prayers, not the one I'm praying to, for instance. There's a, there's a real importance in this growing thing here because I think we have a tendency to really be work-based. Yeah. And remember, he says, this thing was just given to us. It, You know, we, we didn't work we didn't for earn it. It just came. Yeah. You know, we're talking about that. That was one of the phrases in step 10 that really got me. Mentally exhausted. I Gosh, Marv, I just, I, there have been, there have been times I've just, my wife will say, are you okay? I go, you know what? I'm wiped out. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm wiped out because I've been trying to do something. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've been trying to fix it. I've been trying to. Well, what about the squirrel cage? It's that's one of the things. It it gets up there and and gets running around and instead of you know, you know, thinking about him and you know, we're just that thing's just going into exhaustion. <laughs> and then we start fighting with it and struggling with it, and instead of going to God with it, you know. Yeah. And it's the last thing we seem to to do. I don't know why. I don't know why we have to suffer so before we'll uh, turn. We are such a conundrum. (laughs) We are. 
Yeah. Well, I don't think we want to uh, <coughs> bypass the notion, too, that there is another force that's working. And it's not a pretty sight. Right. And we don't like talking about that. We don't like talking about it. Especially and, in our 12 step support of, meetings. You don't hear of, much about that. A lot of times, uh, I don't think we recognize when that's happening. There's there's uh, something we talked about today, Marv. It talked about humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God because our adversary walks about roaring like a lion, deceiving, right. devour. Right. And uh, I think that's important to recognize that. Yeah. Uh, big and it's also important not to blame too much on that either. Right. But so there's a. But we need to recognize it. Yes. And, and, and Big Ed, uh, the last couple of years of his life, we, we would have long talks about the Lord. And that man fell in love with Jesus. I mean, we would sit in his trailer and the stuff that would come out of his mouth. The guy that I thought would never be my friend ended yeah. up being one of my closest friends. And uh, he started to bring that up in meetings. He started to say, you yeah. know, there's another force going on and we, we don't want to hear talk about it in these rooms. But it's important we do. Yeah. I mean, remember him talking about that? I do exactly. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, well if, you, I, if you were talking about what you just talked about there, though, that you don't want to place too much of it, that's one of the reasons we need wisdom and strength and direction from him to to learn to to be there instead of trusting in ourselves. Right. You know. So it 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 makes sense. We don't. If we want to see our defects, and and then there's times when it's the evil one, you know what I mean? The adversary, you know, poking a stick at us. Yep. The, the last promise in step 11, <clears throat> it says it works. It really does. How simple. It really does. This whole prayer meditation thing does work. Now, here's something interesting. The last uh, couple paragraphs in the big book on page 88 of the third edition, it says, we alcoholics are undisciplined. So, we let God discipline us in the simple way we have just outlined. So here, here's Bill again, repeating again. And he's reminding us, okay, so I just told you, so this is what we do. This is what we let God do. Um, uh, we, we want him to discipline us in, in this way we have just outlined. But this is not all. There's action and more action. This isn't the first time he said that. He's moving constantly. Right. There's other steps. There's action and more action. You know, now we completed step three. Now there's action and more action. You know, faith without works is dead. So those of you who don't like scripture in the meetings, that comes out of James. Actually, there's something like 12% of what's in this book is actually out of, out of scripture <laughs> or quotes. Um, a lot of it out of James. Yes, a lot of it out of James. In fact, the first meeting was originally going to be called the James Club. Hmm. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> the whole the, the the whole the whole fellowship and program, the book and the fellowship, was originally based on the Sermon on the Mount and the book of James. Uh the next chapter is entirely devoted to, and the original manuscript says, to these works. Um what we've just talked about, and uh, then in the third edition it says two step twelve, uh, and so we're getting ready to work with other people. 
if we haven't done step 11, if we haven't done step 10, we have no business working with other people. If we haven't learned how to apply and implement these principles in our life, we probably shouldn't be sponsoring. That's my opinion. Well, my opinion is is that if if a person comes to me, we can have talks and conversations. Oh, and, yeah. And those type of things. But if I'm going to teach him Alcoholics Anonymous, right. it's these 12 steps that I'm going to show him. Right. You know, and the hope is, is that through these 12 steps is the method by which he has this. See, they're trying to get you to grow with God and have a relationship yeah. with God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tickle uh, itching ears here and just kind of leave people with this little hint for next week. Um, this statement uh, in Chapter 7, Working with Others, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. That is assuming something huge. It's not talking about an alcoholic and another alcoholic sitting down and simply having coffee together and work and, and reading this book. That's not what it's talking about. It's assuming that the one alcoholic understands the malady and the solution and has applied and implemented the solution in their lives. That's the kind of work it's talking about. Uh, you know, it's just not a couple of drunks sitting down working with each other. So I'll leave you with that. And we'll talk about that more next week and the promises that are associated with the 12th step. That's right. So next week we will wrap it up with the promises associated with step 12. Hey, listen, for hundreds of archive shows for all sorts of topics surrounded around recovery and the issues of growing spiritually in your relationship with your higher power, please visit us at take12radio.com. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man, and I am wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Kitty, 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 kitty.